Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 73 of Let's Go Racing with David Stein. I'm a joke that we're so glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we will look back at the weekend that was in Road America. Also look ahead to this upcoming weekend's race at Atlanta. We will have our news and notes segment coming up later on, as well as our Ask David segment at the end of the show. As always, we are presented by Ticket Smarter. Uh, Ticket Smarter came aboard as the primary sponsor this year on David's 08 Ford Mustang. We're going to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck Race throughout the season. Visit TicketSmarter.com for more. That's TicketSmarter.com. David Starr joins us right now. David, we'll get to Tyler Reddick's win in just a moment, his first career win at the Cup level, but Nonetheless, you had a, a good 4th of July weekend down in uh, Galveston, right? Man, it was awesome. Went down there. It's uh, some, uh, some, man, we needed some R&R time, me and my boys and my wife, and uh, spent it in Galveston on the coast there, fishing and swimming in the in the beach, and uh, stayed at San Luis Hill, and man, a beautiful, uh, beautiful resort there, the pool. It was just a great time with the family, and uh, it was uh, well needed, that's for sure. But, uh, man, what a great weekend of racing at Road America. It was unbelievable. Yeah, big-time win for Tyler Reddick, his first career win at the Cup level. Dominic Aragon from the RacingExperts.com joins us right now. Dom, Tyler Reddick, this was a long time coming. He's been oh so close so many times to getting into victory lane, and he finally got it done. And what a way he did it. Uh, this was an earned win, getting by Chase Elliott there with 15 laps to go and holding serve in those final laps. A, a great performance there from Tyler Reddick. Anytime you can beat a road racing champion, a past NASCAR Cup Series champion, you're doing something right. And, and he just out cat and mouse Chase Elliott in that final stage on Sunday at Road America. Tyler Reddick ran one heck of a race, Tyler. And I think it, it just goes without saying, too, seeing him stay in line with Chase Elliott, that race did not have a natural caution. And through that third stage, which included a green flag pit stop, he stayed hand-in-hand hand with Chase Elliott, ultimately was able to make that pass, made a clean pass, and he earned that win. And, and I think Chase Elliott said it best, too. He would know because Chase had so many second-place finishes. Reddick had five-second-place five, five second place finishes before that first win. Hey, he earned it. He earned that win today. And, it's, again, when you can beat somebody who is considered the current – road racing master in the cup series you're doing something right and we've seen Tyler Reddick race so well everywhere from the Bristol dirt to what he's done on ovals and now getting a win on a road course and David one of the things that you've talked about for a while with Tyler Reddick was once he gets that first win that the others will be somewhat easier more wins will follow do you think we're going to see Tyler Reddick in victory lane again in 2022 Man, I think so. I think we're going to see more. He's just such a great race car driver. And, uh, you know, Richard Childress racing right now, I mean, it seems like Tyler Reddick is really uh, – they've just been – he's been so consistent all year. And, and like you were saying, Dom, uh, five top – top, you know, second runner-up you know, runner position, I mean, five times. And, uh, you know, you, you run that well, that consistent in the top five, your wins are going to come. And – I think this is just a first of many more to come. Uh, he's such a great race car driver. He was great when he first came on the scene in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. But it looks like to me that RCR is really, you know, getting these uh, this next-gen race car figured out. And, and Tyler Reddick's, with his ability and his talent level, man, I, I mean, there could be a force to reckon, be reckoned with there uh, for the championship this year. And uh but, man, I'm not surprised. I mean, we knew we talk about Tyler Reddick a lot on our show here, and you knew it was just a matter of time. And, and I didn't see the race Sunday because I was busy at the beach. But I did uh, – yeah, I watched it for about 10 minutes, and it was the time that Tyler Reddick took the lead with about 15, 16, 14, whatever it was, laps to go. And, uh, man, he you could tell – he was uh, following uh, racing with uh, Chase Elliott, and it looked like those two guys were the class of the field. And, uh, man, like you said, Dominic, he clean, he passed him clean, and I watched it for about 
four or five laps after the pass, and he just pulled away from Chase Elliott. And like like we were talking about, I mean, when you when you can pass a a reigning champion, you know, former champion, and and one of the guys that's considered a road racing ace current. I mean, Tyler Reddick did something special, but we're, I don't think any of us are surprised as he's been there week in and week out. So just glad to see it. And, and I think there'll be many more to come uh, even before we get to the, uh, the playoffs. The thing that stood out to me, Dominic, was that when you looked at Tyler Reddick the last two seasons, we all know that he can run up front and lead laps and that he can be in contention. But whether it's his own fault or his team's fault, whatever it may be, that number number eight car has not been able to finish races up front. They have not been able to get the job done. And that's not to blame Tyler Reddick or the team. I think it's been a little bit of both, quite frankly. And for them to put him in position to have the, the pit stop and the pit strategy for him to be up front and then for him to execute on the racetrack, all of that coming together, that felt like a lot of frustration finally put away, like they finally got the monkey off their back of, of finishing that race the way that they did. Well, I think of two races this year at Stand Out, the Tyler Reddick, right? We always say it could have, should have, would have won, but Auto Club, the Fontana race early on, led the most laps, won both stages. Didn't work out in their favor. I believe it was a mechanical issue. And then, of course, the Bristol race leading 99 laps, having the spin out with Chase Briscoe on the last lap and getting edged by a car length by Kyle Busch at the, at the line. I think all of that culminated, and I think there was a lot of frustration, like you said. But piecing together a full race, a full run, all three stages executed perfectly. Green flag pit stops executed as best as they could be on Sunday. RCR did it right. Tyler Reddick did it right. And here we have our 203rd different NASCAR Cup Series race winner. And guys, our fifth different winner in 2021. That's the first time winner in the Cup Series. You got to think back to 2011 or 2000, or even as NBC pointed out on the broadcast, this is the first time since 1950, the second year that the sport was around, that we have this many new winners at this point in the season. It's remarkable. And one thing I, I look at, David, of the first time winners that we've had this year, guys that Waited a minute, right? Tyler Reddick, Daniel Suarez. Now, you know, Chase Briscoe was a second-year driver. Austin Sendrick, a rookie. I'm missing one other name. Uh, Ross, Ross Chastain, Chastain waited a long time, a long time coming. <laughs> with, with those those three there, uh, the guys that waited a while, David, I, I'm curious what you think about this, about this idea. For me, one of the things, and, and you've been one of those guys that, went from, you know, trucks and Xfinity to Cup, it seems like that one of the hardest transitions for these guys is the length of these Cup races. You don't run 400, 500-mile races, uh, you know, at that Xfinity or truck level. And it is it, – it's like, in, in football terms, if you were going to play another quarter of a football game. You know, I mean, it, it is a, a lot longer. Mm -hmm. How How – and we've seen, you know, with Chase Elliott, he didn't get his first career win his third season. Uh, Kyle Larson didn't get his first career win until, what was it, halfway through his second season or third season, something like that. Is that a big adjustment for these guys, just the length of these cup races as opposed to what they're used to running? Well, I mean, it's it's interesting you ask that question. I just think, uh, you know, uh, man – you know, we're used to running 300 mile races. The next thing you know, you're running 500 mile races or 400 mile. What you know, Cup is 400, 500 mile uh, races. But I, I don't know. You know, it's a tough question. That seems to be the common theme with those guys is finishing races. Yeah, but man, it's, such a, it's a team sport. You know what I mean? It's uh, the racetrack's changing. Uh, you know, you might start the race the first, you know, first and second stage. Your car is great and the temperature might change, you know, I mean, there's so many variables, you know, uh, but, you know, I, I would tell you that pretty much all the men and women that race in NASCAR, whether it's the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, the Cup Series, I mean, these guys are unbelievable athletes, and, um, you know, so, you know, from a, from a physical standpoint, I think they're all ready to run 500 miles. I don't think that's a big issue. 
but you know it's it's hard to really answer that question just so the race is so long and and whatever when the race starts that first stage compared to the last stage i mean it might be night and day with how your car drives but you know we see it week in and week out uh, a car is really strong at the beginning, leading laps, and you get to the towards the end of the race, and it's a different car. It's not as good, you know, or vice versa. You have a guy that we didn't even consider that was going to be a contender in a race. I mean, he was back running 20th. The next thing you know, as the race plays on, man, the team, the driver, the engineer, the crew chief, they start making the right adjustments. The next thing you know, wait, hey, where did he come from? You know, so – I don't know. It's just uh, it's it's a tough question, and I don't have the answer for you, Tyler, because you know I think any race car driver, uh, from a physical standpoint, can do 500 miles. Uh, but you know, it's staying on top. You know, staying keeping up with the change in racetrack, making the right changes in the car. So it is a possibility, but I, I really don't have the right answer. But, you know, when you're used to running 300 miles and you go from 300 miles to 500 miles, it is different. It's a lot longer. And, uh, you know, sometimes just, you know, I have never run full-time cups, so it's hard to say. But, you know, from what I'm seeing over the years, it looks like there's a little bit of a learning curve, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, and, and, what that learning curve is, I'm not so sure. I think it's such a team sport. And, uh, man, when once everybody starts hitting on all eight cylinders, look what happens. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. And, and Dominic, uh, you know, the, the we, we talk about, we mentioned kind of the, the big jump that it is the cup of these length of races. But the competition, too, you know, this year we're seeing so much parity in the sport. You mentioned five different winners, 13 different race winners so far this year. And you know, just closing, finishing out races. I, I think that, you know, the stage racing has been a big benefit for guys like Tyler Reddick where we recognize how good Tyler Reddick is. He's getting those stage points. Ross Chastain has just as many playoff points as anybody else does this year. I mean, these guys are, are are competing, but now getting to that next step of closing races, that's what we're finally starting to see from these guys that we weren't necessarily seeing before. I mean, that's where sometimes the veterans, where maybe they didn't lead the most laps, but they found a way. Kevin Harvick was known for that name, you know, the closer. Kyle Busch, how many times have we talked about Alex Bowman in the last couple of years? I mean, he's a veteran now, Stealing wins, if you want to call it that. Um, now we're seeing those younger guys are figuring out how to seal the deal and get it done in crunch time. They sure are. And I think, too, looking, you brought up, brought up a great point there with the stage points and, and collecting those. If you look at the playoff grid and all the winners that have won a race this year on the cup side, every one of these cup winners is at least one at stage at some point during the season, too. Usually, right, because you win a stage, you get one playoff point. You win a race, you get five points. But these guys have six points or 12 or 13 points, seven points. And I think it's just fascinating. You see these guys that are running up front. While we have a lot of parity, there tends to be a lot of consistency with these winners. The only three drivers that have won a stage and haven't won a race yet would be Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex, and Bubba Wallace. But I think the fascinating thing even further with that, to show that consistency, look at Ryan Blaney. Look at Martin Truex Jr. They've both won five stages apiece. So that's the equivalent of one win, and they still haven't won a, a race yet. So there's a lot of consistency at the front of the field with the guys that have won. And I, I want to say, I mean, guys, I think our next winner is going to come from one of those three drivers because they're the ones that are leading the laps. They're the ones that are being up front. And if Bubba Wallace's picker could put a whole race together, we'd be seeing him <laughs> up more front too. You know, I, I really, you know, I believe the next-gen car just completely – different design race car from what we had last year is really helped the parity of our sport, you know, and, and, you know, you look at, uh, uh, you know, track house racing, I mean, sophomore year, what is it? They had three wins so far in 2022. I, you know, I think in the past to have a new team, a team that's only been in the cup series for two years, I don't think we would have ever seen that, you know what I mean, with with the powerhouse teams of Joe Gibbs Racing and, and Roger Penske and, uh, you know, and, and uh, Hendricks, 
you know, uh, uh, just so much technology, so much engineering, and man, they were just so much further advanced than a lot of other teams on uh, setups and aero and just, you know, creating downforce underneath the race car. I mean, it's amazing what this new next-gen car has done to the sport. I mean, we're not seeing – I mean, we do see – we saw Chase Elliott and, and, and Hendricks is still a force to be reckoned with, and I think Penske is too. But, man, it's really changed up. I mean, there's so much parity, and we hadn't seen this, and I think, Dom, you mentioned it, since 1950. I think that's what you said at the start of the show. Is that correct? That's correct. We haven't seen this many first-time winners – 18 races into a season since 1950. And I'll give NBC Sports credit on that step. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it is wild. It is wild. And I think it just comes down to, I mean, you know, we know the powerhouse teams and this next gen car seems to have kind of changed that has, you know, the parody and, and brought the field together, evened up the competition. Uh, you know, I mean, who would have, who would have thought that we so just sit here and, so tell and, me this then, David, uh, along the same lines. Mm -hmm. um, with knowing that the manufacturers have more control than they've ever had, essentially, it's more about them than it is, than it's been the teams in a while. But then also, with the separation not being very big either, the driver has more control now. You know, it's a lot about the driver too. Is there more pressure on the drivers or the manufacturers right now? Well, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I would say the drivers, you know what I mean? It's, it's um, to me, the cars are, I mean, as long as I've been involved and you guys involved, I think the cars are so equal more so than I've ever seen it, you know? And uh, so, uh, you know, the pressure's on the organizations, it's on the, the teams, it's it's on the drivers, uh, you know, to, to be able to answer a question, which were, is there more pressure on the manufacturers or more pressure on the driver driving the cars? I really don't have an answer for that, but man, it just seems like uh, the parity we have and, and watching this year kind of play out. He already answered it and said drivers, don't let him <laughs> Is really interesting, you know what I mean? But it's it's really cool. I, I like I said, having this many uh, new winners and and the parity we're seeing, I think a lot of it has to do with this new race car that that, that NASCAR has designed and built. You know, our, the new next gen car. It's a, no no doubt about it. Dominic, uh, so far through eighteen races, the next gen car has been really good. Uh, I think better than any of us could have anticipated there's been some bumps along the road it hasn't been perfect um i think there's still some work to do in the mile and a half program in particular but if you had to grade the next gen car if you had to put a letter grade on it i'll even let you give a plus minus grade as the teacher among us <laughs> the professional grader that gets paid to give out grades what would you give the next gen car yeah i don't know all about all of that but i would say like a B plus or an A minus. Is it perfect? Like you said, no, nothing's going to be perfect. But NASCAR, the manufacturers, the, the chassis company, the drivers, we're putting on great shows. We're seeing great races. I think that all has to get accounted for. The parody, comers and goers. This is what it was like in the 90s, right? Where you'd see guys at the beginning of the race and fade and guys that would come hard charge at the end of the race. I'd give it about a B plus or an A minus. I'm curious if you guys would agree or disagree with that. What about you, David? How would you grade the next-gen car? Man, I totally agree with Dominic. You know, uh, you know when there was we 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 all heard all the rumors and you know over the last couple of years about the next-gen car. You know, and a lot of it was some negative rumors. You know, but man, I I tell you, NASCAR and and, and the manufacturers and the teams and there was so much testing going in. But man, I tell you, once they once the season kicked off uh, this year, the, that new next-gen car hasn't hasn't disappointed. I mean, to you know, we all know anything new, new design, new everything. Uh, you know, you're going to have some challenges, and there's been there's been challenges, uh, no doubt about it. But the racing is incredible. You know, I think the racing is is even better than what we've seen it in the past. And it's been unbelievable in the past. And uh, 
I don't know. I, I'm like Dom, B plus, A minus, an A. I just think it's been great. You know what I mean? Is it perfect? No, it's not. And as time goes on, it, it gets even better and better. As the teams learn, the engineering side, NASCAR learns, there's some issues, some challenges. They'll make changes. But, man, it has not disappointed. So I, I definitely agree with Dominic. Uh, a B plus and A, A minus is uh, a great grade. Yeah. Um, I would bring up too, one of the reasons I'd give it an A minus on top of everything you guys said, mm -hmm. the safety factor. I think there was some legit safety concerns mm -hmm. about this car entering this year. We're 18 races in. Has there been an injury? Has anyone seriously gotten hurt? No. Uh, knock on wood. Uh, but so far, it's passed all the safety tests. And we've raced everywhere. Road courses, mile and a half, short tracks, super speedways. And everyone's been okay. And everyone's walked away. And it has passed the safety test. And that's an important thing that we can't underestimate, that we can't, you know, just shove aside with these cars is the safety factor. And so far, it's passing the safety test from uh, what we've seen at uh, this point. Um, guys, uh, looking at the playoff picture right now, Dom, 13 different winners, as we mentioned. Nobody has more than two wins on the year. It doesn't feel like there's a clear favorite. In the season, all about parody, mm -hmm. there's not an established uh, favorite leader when it comes to this playoff picture right now. This is anyone's ballgame right now. And I know as of Tuesday, right, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, they're your co-favorites to win the Quaker State 400 this weekend in Atlanta. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I was telling you guys, too, just combing over the points and looking at the situation, too. I look at somebody like Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. Yeah, they may not have the most top 10, top five finishes, but they have been taking the stage points. They've been earning stage victories. I look at those guys as maybe your next guys that break out. But you're right, Tyler, 13 winners. 18 races. I mean, again, we talked about this last year. We had 10 winners to open the season or nine different winners to open the season. But we, we talk about it every week here. This really does look like this could be the first season where we have 16 winners entering Daytona. That's uncharted territory for the Cup Series under this playoff format since they introduced it in 2014. I think it'd still be a stretch to get to that point. But it's possible at this point in time. Because look, 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 Ryan Blaney hasn't won. Martin Truex hasn't won. We're coming up on road courses. Christopher Bell, Michael McDowell. I don't know, Dave. Do you think we're going to have 16 winners at Daytona? Man, I, <laughs> I mean, it's possible. You know, I, I'm hard to say. But, man, you know, you think of Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex, to know, to think that they haven't even won a race by now. Kevin Harvick hasn't won. I mean, there's, I, I think it's possible, you know. I think it's truly possible. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, only time will tell. Uh, but, man, it's amazing. I mean, we might have 16 drivers. Hell, there could be winners that don't even make the playoff, you know what I mean, With the as, as, as it's going. Uh, but, man, anything's possible. I mean, who would have thought it? you know, we'd have been where we're at right now this year, you know what I mean? So uh, it's exciting. Uh, it, it will continue to be exciting. And, uh, man, it's it's just uh, a lot of people are paying attention, a lot of interesting stuff going on. The racing's good, and it's uh, it's uh, every week we just can't wait for the cup race or, in, right. or the NASCAR race, you know, uh, truck race or Xfinity race well, either. You and know? in that scenario, too, if there are more than 16 winners, then – it comes down to points. And so, you know, I, I was thinking about this, Dom. We've had this whole idea of you win, you're in the playoff, you're good to go. Now, I wonder, does strategy at all change yet? Are you starting to think about points? Are you starting to think about, you know, getting those stage points and all that, maybe more so? Or, or is your focus still on trying to get wins too. I wonder if your driving style changes at all right now. I think that's probably a little too premature, a little too early, but I wouldn't be surprised later if we start seeing guys more so make safe bets and point ranks here. Well, I think we kind of already did see that a little bit happen at Road America this weekend because with that caution or before the caution for the stage break with two laps to go on stage one, Chase Briscoe stayed out. Austin Sindrick stayed out. They wanted to collect as many points as they could because I think that's all in the back of everybody's mind. There is a chance we could see more winners 
there's a chance a guy who won a race in the regular season gets bumped for the first time in Cup Series history since the implement of this, this era. The other question I have for you both, and I don't know if either of you know the rule, but I looked, I couldn't find it, and I know it was in the rule book at one time, that if you're the regular season champion, regardless of how many wins you got, you would qualify for the playoffs. Yes, that is. Ryan Blaney's 30-some points back. If he were to win the regular season championship without a win, he could make the playoffs and yet bump another potential driver with a win. So I'm pretty yes. sure that's still the rule, right? That is still the rule because uh, Denny Hamlin was in position last year where he was almost the regular season champion, even though he didn't win a race in the regular season. So, mm -hmm. yes, that is another possibility as well. Blaney would have to make up you know, 37 points is almost a full race. So – a lot of points there, but nonetheless, uh, certainly possible on uh, that front. Moving ahead, looking to this weekend in Atlanta, David, Atlanta is completely changed. We saw a hell of a race earlier this year where they turned Atlanta into a super speedway, basically, just a little bit shorter to a mile and a half. It was action-packed. Crowd was a sellout, largest crowd in, what, 20 years out there? I mean, it was unbelievable to show Atlanta put on – I'm excited to see what they could do for an encore. Man, I'm I'm excited to see it as well, and uh, man, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be in the Xfinity race, and uh, you know, talking to Jason Miller, my crew chief, we're just talking about you know the first race we didn't compete in because of the way the weather worked out, no qualifying, no practice. They just lined them up and race. Uh, it, it set us out for that race, and, and those circumstances that you can't control. But man, it was amazing. The fans were there. The racing was unbelievable. Uh, I mean, it was unbelievable. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to racing there. And uh, I, I think the racing is even going to be better. I mean, it's in uh, thinking about Atlanta from the first, from earlier this year, it'll be hotter. I think the racetrack will be slicker. So it's going to be an interesting uh, race. But it, hey, again, it races like a super speedway. You know, it's like Daytona, Talladega, but man, unbelievable to have a super a racetrack, a mile and a half racetrack race like Talladega or Daytona is incredible. I'm, I'm so excited to get back in my race car and go race there. And uh, I, I think, I think we're going to see the same thing. I just think we're going to see an awesome race out of all the races and uh, it'll be exciting. Well, let me ask you this, David. Go so, ahead, of course, Super Speedway Racing, do you approach you personally? Are you and your team approaching this like a typical Super Speedway race? What's your strategy or without revealing your full hand, how are you approaching this weekend? Well, I mean, you know, it's uh, we're talking a lot about the, the weather, the uh, you know, how, how hot it's going to be, how hot the racetrack is. And even though we didn't race the race, uh, uh, you know, at Atlanta, um, you know, we were there, we were paying attention, we were educating ourselves. And, uh, you know, a lot of people brought, you know, super speedway type race cars, less drag, uh, you know, uh, not that much downforce, less drag cars. And, uh, you know, a lot of them after they ran, you know, 10, 12, 13 laps, they were, they couldn't run wide open. They, it was a little bit of a handful, you know, and now I believe the racetrack is, it's gonna be hotter. I think when you got racetrack temperatures heated up, the temperatures look higher than it was earlier this year, uh, you know, you start losing grip. So, you know, a lot of my conversations then with Bobby Dodder and Jason Miller is, uh, you know, are we taking a car with really not that much downforce in it, less drag, all speed, or do we need to focus on really uh, having a great handling race car. So a lot of conversation. We've been talking about that this week, you know. Uh, but, you know, anytime any racetrack races like Talladega and Daytona, you keep up in the draft, it makes it exciting. And, uh, and what I saw at Atlanta the, for the inaugural race with, uh, with, the, with the reconfiguration of the, of the track, it was over-the-top exciting. And I think we'll see that again this weekend. I would love, Dom, um, for this to be the future of mile and a half. Mile and a half, it doesn't matter if it's been the next-gen car, the old car, the COT, whatever. Um, mile and a half are probably the worst product NASCAR has. You know, I mean, in all honesty. I mean, short tracks, road courses, super speedways, all better than mile and a half. But this is exciting. This is entertaining. This should be the model. Maybe not every mile and a half, but I would love to see 
more mile and a half to do what Atlanta's doing here. I don't know if the drivers would agree with you on that, <laughs> but I will say this. I was talking with Jeff Bodine about the Atlanta race after, and of course we'd gone to see him after and we're talking about the race. what did you think about it? And he's like, what race are you talking about? I said, it was a race because it was entertainment. He goes, there's a difference. It was more entertainment than it was a race, but nonetheless, it was very exciting. We all agreed, but yeah, I don't know if the drivers would agree. I think William Byron would agree with you. I think he would agree that it was very entertaining and exciting. I think Ty Gibbs would agree too, but I don't know if 25 other drivers would be agreeing with that statement. I don't know if car owners would be agreeing with that statement, but nonetheless, I do agree it is very entertaining. Yeah, I would like to see it. It would be fun uh, if, if they go this route. With that said, looking ahead to uh, this weekend, who are some of the uh, the names that come to mind? Who are going to be some of the favorites that uh, that you're watching for besides the defending race winner, uh, William Byron here, Dom? Man, I think I look at guys like Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, Ross Chastain had one heck of a drive in the March race where he fell two laps down. The team worked with him. They got the free pass a couple times, and he muscled his way back to, a, at that time, his career best finish, a second-place run. I look at guys like that to make some noise on Sunday. And I think some of your guys that need to pick up some, some stage points too, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that stage stage end coming, five, four, three, two laps to go. A lot of dicey racing drivers like Chase Briscoe, Austin Sindrick, guys that want to make sure they have a lot of points. David, uh, is this the way that Atlanta's configured? Is it an equalizer like we talk about with Daytona and Talladega too? Is a, is a Michael McDowell or somebody on these smaller teams, do they have a shot like we would talk about them in Daytona or Talladega? Man, I just sitting here listening to y'all talk. I was just thinking about Michael McDowell, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I mean, these guys, when you come to speed, super speedway racing, you know, these guys kind of step up to the front of the pack, you know, especially Ricky Stenhouse Jr., you know. But uh, it'd be kind of interesting uh, to see. Would it be kind of cool if Ricky Stenhouse Jr. could win the race or Michael McDowell? I mean, you know what I mean? And, and uh, I mean, it, it would be amazing. But McDowell's uh, been hot lately. He has been. It'd be awesome to see him win a race. And, uh, uh, man, I, you know, it's hard for me to have a little – have much input on how the racetrack drives because I, I was not in the March race with the inaugural configuration. You know, I was listening to drivers. I was studying. I was paying attention. But, you know, until you're out there drafting and racing in it, it's hard to really comprehend how it races. You know, what I see and what I'm listening to, you know, it seemed like it was a Daytona type of a race. But, uh, but you know, you really won't know until you, until you run your first race there. But, uh, but man, it was interesting. It was, it was uh, a lot of drafting and, uh, you know, one lane would move, then it'd stall a bit, then the high side would move. So it was, I mean, it was just amazing to, to kind of see a Daytona Talladega style type of race at Atlanta. It was right. amazing. And every, I mean, I've never seen that many race cars on top of each other, Atlanta Motor Speedway, you know, it was amazing. But, you know, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to getting my Ticket Smarter forward and, and competing uh, uh, and to see how it races. And just, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. But, uh, but you know, I do know, uh, to follow up what we're talking about, it will be an exciting race because, man, in March, it was over the top. And I'm, I hadn't seen that many fans and people excited about the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, like the, the, what I saw, the energy there was unbelievable. So uh, I just know it's going to be a great weekend. And, that, man, I'm glad to be back in my race car and looking forward to it. Dominic, uh, you know, one, one more thing on, on all this before we, uh, we shift gears here. Um, this is not a knock on Road America, but it felt weird that – we weren't at Daytona for the 4th of July. Um, I know that NASCAR put Daytona at the end of the regular season to make things interesting, but now that Atlanta's got it figured out, let's go back to Daytona for the 4th, and let's put this second Atlanta race at the end of the regular season. That, to me, would be a great compromise. That would be pretty fitting. And For a long time, the Atlanta second date was held right before the chase started, 2000, what, 2005, 2010. It was the race prior to Richmond, so it was always around there. It'd be kind of like you're filling in an old friend 
where it should be. I think that's a great idea. Daytona and NASCAR, 4th of July, that's a great tradition. And I'm all about jumbling up the schedule like you guys are and putting different puzzle pieces where they go. But Daytona in July has a very special place with, I think, the drivers, the team owners, the fans, and the media. There's something special about that. Yeah, I was surprised when I – w- I was really surprised when, you know, when they when – I mean, July 4th is – I mean, always. I, I was really shocked when they took that away from Daytona. I mean, it's just – I don't know. It just feels right, you know what I mean, as a competitor. Right. Uh, everything about it, you know, it's just – it's American, you know what I mean? And, and I'm going to agree with Tyler. It's like, man – you know, even though I was down at the coast in Galveston having a great time with my family. You'd rather have been in Daytona. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'd have been in Daytona. No, I, hey, I love my family, but man, I'm, man, man, I'm, you know, uh, obviously I'm not racing the road, road course races in 2022. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, but, uh, but man, being there in Daytona, man, was, would be awesome. Great point there, David, and we will move on, get to our news and notes segment, which is presented by Ticket Smarter, the official ticket resale marketplace at Worldwide Technology Raceway, where David won in 2004, and they uh, had their first cup race ever this past season at that track, and and, uh, Ticket Smarter was the uh, presenting sponsor at uh, that track back in June. Fans can also get tickets to any type of event, including sports concerts and theater productions. Ticket Smarter is committing to helping those in need by donating $1 from every transaction to various charity organizations. Head over to TicketSmarter.com to find tickets for upcoming events. That's TicketSmarter.com for more. Dom, a lot to get to on the news and notes side and a feel-good moment for Ryan Newman this past weekend. Ryan Newman is a winner again at the national stage. Ryan Newman picked up the win Saturday night in the SRX race. It was the first time Newman had a national podium win since 2017, where he won the cup race at Phoenix. So Newman is now the points leader at SRX with three races to go. And I think he had said before the race week, and he was on a Zoom call with reporters, and he, he was jokingly, halfway joking, halfway serious, that he's been reaching out to Mr. H, Hendrick Motorsports, would love to get back in a cup car and would love to do it with Hendrick, but that's probably not going to pan out. But SRX is where he wants to be right now. And guys, he won the race, and now he's the points leader. How about that? Newman, man, uh, I think about two years ago, we were all convinced he was dead. And now he's winning races on a national level against big names like Tony Stewart and company. And he's leading the SRX points as well. What a a turnaround for uh, Ryan Newman, especially considering the struggles he had recently to end his NASCAR career. Well, I mean, I, you said did, but man, I Ryan knew was a great friend of mine and a hell of a race car driver. You know, it's just, uh, you know, I, I think about the parody of the Cup Series that we've been talking about and this new next gen race car. You know, it seemed like the last five or six years of Ryan Newman's career, the team he, he was driving for, it just, you know, they, they struggled. And, uh, you know, and and, and uh, for him to step out of the sport with this new next-gen race car, I mean, I, I think he stepped out a year too soon. You know, I think, uh, you know, I think if it had worked out for him to be driving for whoever, you know, I, I really thought we would have seen Ryan Newman back into victory lane because let me tell you, man, the, the, what, a, what a great race car driver. I mean, he is so talented. I mean, watched him in USAC midget cars, USAC sprint cars, and he's really, really good. And, uh, you know, to see him win the race the other night ago was SRX series. I mean, uh, I'm not surprised by it, you know what I mean? And I'd love to see him back in the cup side in NASCAR with his next-gen car because I think he would be a force to be reckoned with uh, under the right, with the right team, you know? So I hope Mr. H calls him back or, uh, you know, we see Ryan Newman back on the cup side. He's a, he's a good friend of mine, his family. We've been buddies for years and I really think he could win on the cup level still. Uh, Dominic, uh, when you look at the competition, we mentioned Tony Stewart, Greg Biffle, uh, you know, Elio Castroneves is running in that, you know, he won the Indy 500 last year. I mean, I think SRX initially was kind of viewed as a retirement tour, retirement <laughs> series of sorts. But 
the competition's been really good. I mean, if Newman can be running up front like that and leading the points, I mean, he there was some criticism. I mean, towards the end, people thought he had lost a step. I, I'm convinced Newman still has something left in the tank if he's competing at a level like that. He sure does. I mean, let's let's be honest. That last year at Roush didn't have the best equipment. And Brad Keselowski is a product of that this year, taking the team over. And you can see that Keselowski, who was a champion of the NASCAR Cup Series, struggling to finish 20th every week. So we know it's it's an equipment issue. But you're right. I think there's still that drive and that competitive burning desire that Ryan Newman has that he still wants to be a competitor. He still wants to go out and win. He wouldn't be doing this if he didn't think he could go out and win. And he beat some really, really good names in that SRX field. And you're right. It's not just a retirement series. I think of guys like Ernie Francis Jr., a lot of these short track ringers at their specific tracks that come in and run these events. He's going toe-to-toe with some of the best and some of the best in their prime as well. And he's winning. Yeah. Uh, real quick on SRX, uh, David. Uh, so far, they're, what, halfway through their season. They've had to sell out crowds every week. Uh, ratings have been pretty solid, close to a million viewers for every race. Uh, it's been exciting. Uh, I know Tony got frustrated with some of the damage to the cars a couple of weeks ago, and they, he had that altercation with uh, with Ernie and, and all that. But SRX, it's not a long-term product. It's not something that's, you know, going to go on weeks on end. But for what it does for its purpose, just the six weeks, the short tracks, uh, so far they look like they've, they've done a pretty decent job. Man, when you got national network covering you, it's pretty awesome. and. Like we're talking about, man, the talent level, the diversity of talent, all not just NASCAR, IndyCar, Road Racer, Grand I Am. Mean, it's amazing the talent, you know, and uh, you know, and and we're talking about that SRX will pull in a local hero from that racetrack uh, that knows the racetrack, know how it races, knows how to get around it, knows the, you know, the the uh, what the racetrack's going to do as you run longer on it the trends of the racetrack. I mean, there's a lot of things. When you have a local hot shoe or a local champion that gets an opportunity to run with Tony Stewart and Biffle and Ryan Newman, I mean, it kind of puts them at an e equal playing field. But, man, you know, this is, a, this is a great series. Like Tyler was saying, a million people tune in on NBC. I mean, it's amazing. CBS, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, CBS. I mean, Unbelievable. I mean, I, I really, I, I guess I underestimated it when I first, when it first, you know, aired, but the racing has been incredible. Bill Elliott, Chase Elliott. I mean, it's just amazing. And a lot of people are tuning into it. I'm hearing a lot of race fans talk about it, you know, and uh, man, it, it has not disappointed, you know, and it's kind of cool, you know, we race on Saturday afternoon and man, you get done, you take a, a shower, get some dinner. And I'm, 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 I mean, I want to go sit in front of the TV and watch the SRX race, you know what I mean? Cause it is definitely entertaining. And uh, to see Biffle out there and see Ryan Newman out there and Stewart and Elliot Castroneveris and, you know, uh, uh, the IndyCar guy, Paul Tracy. I mean, it's just, it is really cool. But like we said, it's, uh, Man, there's so much depth of talent in it, and it makes it interesting to watch, and it has not disappointed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not built to be a competitor to NASCAR. It's not what live golf is to the PGA Tour. You know, it's, it's not like that. It serves its purpose, Dom, for the six weeks, six Saturday nights uh, in a row, short tracks. Uh, I hope it's here to stay for a long time. It's a good product and, and serves its its purpose for the summertime. Would you guys agree with the point that maybe it's IROC 2.0? Eh, I mean, IROC had better drivers. I mean, so I, I wouldn't say that, um, but it, it is similar to IROC. And IROC raced on all sorts of tracks, not just, you know, you know, short tracks like, like SRX, but I can see the similarities. Yeah, you could see the similarities. And, uh, you know, the race cars are all the same. They're prepared the same. Uh, I will say those are some ugly-looking cars. Though. Yeah, you know, it's uh, – <laughs> I, I, I would agree with uh, part of that, Dominic. That it's, you know, it's another IROC series. But, you know, uh, that being said, uh, the product is great. The racing's great. It's entertaining. And, uh, man, it's, uh, it's fun to watch. So, uh, you know – if you want to call it 
I rock or, you know, you know, that's fine. Uh, I don't think many of us would disagree with you, but the, the product, the racing on the racetrack is spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is. Don, what else we got? Some great news for Tyler Reddick. We had talked about it on the show last week, but he is staying put. He's not going anywhere. Tyler Reddick will remain at Richard Childress Racing through at least 2023. So according to NASCAR.com, they're reporting that Reddick said next year's all taken care of. He's going to be racing for RCR and that he glances ahead periodically to 2024 when he's not guaranteed a ride. But all signs are pointing that Reddick's going to be staying put for a while and possibly beyond 2023. So we talked about last week, uh, according to Bob Pachris, that uh, RCR is picking up his option. That was a team option. And then after this year, he is an unrestricted free agent. And I would imagine that he'll have plenty of suitors, that it's going to be more so RCR trying to keep him than him trying to stay at RCR necessarily. Uh, but with that being said, um, Dom is – is there any pressure you think on Austin Dillon? I know that he's Richard's grandson, but that three team is not even close to performing to the level that eight team is. And I think that, you know, for years we looked at, you know, with comparing Austin Dillon to whatever driver was, that it was an organizational issue. Now you can point to, okay, one is way different than the other here. I mean, uh, is Austin Dillon going to be held accountable, you think? Great question. I, I, I don't know because Dillon has that longevity in the three car. He's been able to win the big races like the Daytona 500, the Coke 600. He almost won the Coke 600 this year. Had he not gotten turned there in the travel, we might be talking about Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick in the playoffs. But it's hard to say. I, I don't know. I think, David, you could give a better perspective on that as a driver. I mean, certainly – Austin Dillon's got to be thinking he's feeling a lot more pressure now that his teammate has won and he hasn't won in two years. There's definitely got to be a little bit of fire under that seat. Well, we, I just look at track house racing, you know, I mean, look at what Tross Chastain has done, the consistency, how fast the race cars are being. Uh, and you look at uh, uh, Daniel Suarez. I mean, he's just been just as fast as Ross Chastain, but, you know, the races ain't played out to, into his favor with some bad luck or this or that. Uh, but, you know, on, on the RCR side, to me, the A-car uh, is unbelievable week in and week out, you know. And I don't see that consistency with the three-car. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, same organization, same equipment, same motors, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it, obviously it's two different crew chiefs, two different drivers, but man, you know, you look at other, other organizations that have multiple drivers and they kind of match up some, you know what I mean? I mean, look, you know, uh, Ross Chastain and, uh, Daniel Suarez, I keep going back to, and you look at the Hendrick organization, uh, but man, it seems like the RCR organization with their two drivers, I mean, I, I uh, we're just talking about, you know, uh, 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 the the contracts and, and keeping him. I think Richard Childress Racing will be doing everything they can to make sure they can, you know, they can sign him for years and years to come. Because I look, I think uh, he's kind of the he's the guy there. You know what I mean? He's, right. He's he's uh you know, so it's kind of interesting. But uh, but man, I would say. You know, if I was the other driver, I, I would, you know, I'd be one to go, get to victory lane or be a little bit more competitive than what I have been. Pressure's know? on Austin Dillon. Absolutely. Uh, even if he is Richard's grandson. Uh, you know, if if Austin wasn't Richard's grandson, we all know he wouldn't have that ride right now. I mean, that put it as simple as that. You know, um, Austin did win an Xfinity title without winning a race, too. And so – Maybe uh, maybe his future is more suited, you know, down another level or something. We'll see. But nonetheless, uh, Dama, anything else we need to get to? Nope, that's it. Time for our picks for Atlanta, or at least our, our preview for Atlanta before we get to the picks. It'll be the second race at Atlanta Motor Speedway this weekend with the Quaker State 400. As we mentioned earlier in the show, Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott are both co-favorites as of early this week to win this weekend in Atlanta. But it's a big question mark. Races like a super speedway, 
What about Austin Dillon, Michael McDowell, Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex, Kevin Harvick, guys that haven't won a race yet this year, Brad Keselowski. I think there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be racing up front that we don't typically see trying to collect stage points, trying to go for the win. It's going to be like March. It's going to be a very good, entertaining race. You guys yeah. agree? My pick, he almost won the race uh, the first time around. He made a crew, ch a, a crew change this week. I'm going to go a little off the radar. Give me Bubba Wallace to get it done in Atlanta and uh, get his uh, first victory of the year and secure a playoff spot. Dominic, who are you riding with? Oh, man, I am going to go with Austin Dillon to get it done at Atlanta. I think he finds his way to the front. Dillon will shut up the critics, and I think he's going to make the playoffs with the win at Atlanta. It could come at Daytona. I think Austin Dillon and Brad Kozlowski would be guys that you see run up front that haven't really done that this year. The three-car gets it done at Atlanta. Okay, so two unconventional picks. David, who are you going with? I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. <laughs> <laughs> he's lurking there, man. He's uh, a little bit more consistent and uh, – you know, he needs a win, and, uh, man, I, I feel like that, you know, Harvick's right there. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Tyler Reddick, you know, after having that momentum, and we see him week in and week out be consistent, you know. Uh, you know, we, we look at Chase Elliott, finished second this past weekend, won the weekend before. So, you can never count out Tyler Reddick with all that momentum behind him and energy and just uh, – you know, and, and, you know, I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick, but I can assure you that it's going to be spectacular. It's going to be a heck of a race. You know what I mean? I wonder how many teams are going to take the cars they ran on the road course and run this week at Atlanta. Because we already saw Ross Chastain won uh, both his races on a road course <laughs> and a uh, in a super speedway with the same car. Uh, something to think about, <laughs> the versatility of this next-gen car. Yeah. Time for our Ask David segment in just one moment. Before we do, let's go racing with David Starr. presented by Ticket Spotter. Ticket Spotter came aboard as the primary sponsor this year on David's 08 Ford Mustang. We want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck Race throughout the season. Visit TicketSmarter.com for more. That's TicketSmarter.com. Our first question in the inbox this week comes from Pablo. Pablo wants to know, this is for David, me, and Dominic, all three of us. Who is the best driver who never won a Cup Series race? Dominic, you are the historian among us, so just educate us. Who is it? Wow. Well, I think you're too kind. I would say you got to look at guys that have led a lot of laps, guys that have run up front and maybe finished top 10 points a few times, maybe didn't capture that first win. Two guys I think of are Banjo Matthews and Mike Skinner. Both these guys, okay, they led Cup Series races, but on four occasions, they had the most laps led in a cup race, but never were able to close the deal. I would think guys like that would be at the top of the list. Ted Musgrave finished top 10 in points, I think in 95 or 96, but never won a race, never found victory lane. Joe Rutman, I think, is another guy. Joe and Mike are both friends of the show. Joe, I think he had told us on the show one of his biggest regrets was not signing with Wood Brothers Racing or turning down an offer from them. And he led a bunch of laps in the 80s. And, and he's somebody that finished top 10 in points, but could never close the deal I look at guys like that, and I think that's a great question, Pablo, because we've had a lot of first-time winners, a lot of guys that have run really well but hadn't closed the deal, and this is the year of closing the deal. But I think those two names stick out to me, Banjo Matthews and Mike Skinner. I'm curious on who you guys' take would be on that question. Man, but Mike Skinner won cup races, didn't he? No, he didn't. He, didn't. he, won, he won twice in Japan. He won the exhibition races, but he never won points awarding races. Man, I, I would pick Skinner all day long. What a – Man, what a competitor, man. What a golly, he was a force to be reckoned with. And, uh, you know, I am remembering back when he was teammate with Dill Earnhardt. Uh, man, I don't know if they got, you know, the from what I heard and being teammates with Mike Skinner for as long as I was, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting to ask him about, you know, hey, man, what was it like being teammates with Dill Earnhardt? And, you know, I think he was a little bit of a thorn in Dell's side, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he was so competitive and, and uh, you know, so I'm, I'm shocked. I, I really thought, I guess I didn't know that Skinner never won a cup race, man. And, uh, you know, there's several other ones out there, Don, and you mentioned a lot of them. But, man, uh, that's a great question. 
makes you think because, uh, man, there's been a lot. And I, when I say a lot, you know, there's been a handful of guys that should have won cup races that never did that were incredible race car drivers. To me, there's, besides Mike Skinner, I think that's the correct answer. There's a correct answer. Right. He's the best that never won a cup race. But two other names, Dave Blaney never yes. won a cup race. Mm-hmm. And, and, and with Dave, it's, I, I know that his cup career wasn't that great, but he was such a great racer. Uh, you know, the, the king of the world, outlaws, and all the stuff that he did on, on short tracks and around America. I mean, they blame, and he's a, a hell of a race car driver, just didn't happen to get it done in Cup. Another name, Dick Trickle never won in Cup. Um, Dick Trickle was kind of in mid-pack, you know, mid-tier Cup teams by the time he moved up. But Dick Trickle was a very good race car driver, just never got it done. Those are the two names come to mind for me. Dick. You know, and, and, you know, just sitting here talking about, and, you know, I, I really didn't know that Dick Trickle never won a cup race because he ran a lot of cup races. And you're talking about probably the best or the top three ever short, best short track racers ever. Uh, but, you know, and you look at the next gen car in 2022, if those guys, Mike Skinner, Ted Musgrave, Dick Trickle, I mean, all the guys we're sitting here Dave, talking about. Dave, Dave Blaney. Definitely Dave Blaney. Definitely Dave Blaney, a heck of a driver. But, you know, they didn't have the opportunity to be, you know, whatever situation or opportunities they had, they weren't equal. And I think this year, 2022, with the next-gen car, with all the new – new winners we have and, and the parity we have in the sport this these days. I just think that the next gen car has really brought the competition together. It's more of every it's more of a putting it in the driver's hands. The cars are equal. And I think if these guys that we're talking about would have had an opportunity then in their time with a, a next gen type of race car that they would have had a lot of wins because they were really good. But at the time, you know, just the equipment and the teams they were with, they just, you know, they were underfunded, didn't have the resources or, you know, that they wasn't a powerhouse team. But, man, you know, but you're talking about we're, we're mentioning some great race car drivers that I'm kind of shocked that never that never won a cup race. You know, it's an interesting question. Another one uh, more recently, Matt Benedetto. Uh, came awfully close to winning cup races. And every team that Benedetto was on, he made better. Every single one, from Go Fast Racing to Levine to the Wood Brothers. Um, he made the playoffs, but never quite got to victory lane. Benedetto's won, too. Dom, go ahead. Man, I, and I, I'm looking at this list, too, and I, I'm sure, you, David, you'd really appreciate this because I know you're a really big historian of the sport. I'm going to go down a list of guys that led a bunch of laps Never won in the Cup Series. Jim Vanderbilt, Richard Childress, Bud Moore, Mike Wallace, Reed Sorensen, Rick Wilson, Joe Millican, Jeff Green, Ted Musgrave, Hutt Strickland, Rick Mast. What do you know, too, Dave, about like guys like G.C. Spencer and John Sears, guys that finished top 10 in points multiple times. G.C. Spencer holds the record for the most top five finishes without ever securing a win. 55 times finished inside the top five, but never won a Cup race. Fascinating. So many guys that we could go on with this list. Absolutely, man. And when it comes to, to mine, and I don't even know if he ever, he's, you know, he's deceased now, but um, um, uh, the James Helton drove the 48 car for all those years, had an ARCA team. He won two uh, races, I believe. Oh, he did win two. Okay. okay. But still many top, I think hundreds of top 10 finishers. Second yeah, you, know, you, you talk about Mike Wallace. You know, Mike's been on our show with us and you know, Mike drove for Roger Penske, and, man, he – I think he won a couple of polls, very competitive. Uh, kind of interesting, man. It's just really it's, – uh, it's interesting to, uh, to go back and, and, and look at the record books and see who led a lot of laps but didn't win a race. I mean, we're talking about some great, great race car drivers. You yeah, know? Kenny never won either. K- Kenny Wallace. Yeah. Man. Kenny Wallace, Kenny Irwin Jr. Man, so many man. good names. But, you know, it just goes to show you, you know, it's just about the opportunity uh, to race in the cup side, uh, any NASCAR, National NASCAR Series, Truck Series, Xfinity Cup. You're talking about the best race car drivers in the world. 
and you know but it's not uh you know it's not equal you know what i mean uh you know you're 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 i mean that's everybody any short track racer in the country from a, a female to a male they tell you hey man i'm, I'm I want to be a NASCAR driver. I want to be a NASCAR driver. You win championship, win races, but getting that opportunity to be a professional, earning that opportunity and getting that opportunity doesn't guarantee you wins in NASCAR. You know what I mean? Because the opportunity you might get might not be the powerhouse team that has the resources, the funding, the technology, the engineering to be a winning team, but you're there, you're with the best of the best. So it's kind of, it's interesting, uh, a great question and interesting to talk about this because, uh, you know, and I think if we were talking about those guys, if those guys had a chance to race this next-gen race car, I think they would have wins behind them. Yeah, well, and it also, I think, makes you look into Tyler Reddick's win this weekend. You know, we were saying just early on, how long it took, how close he came so many times. But then when you name how many guys never got to victory lane and went through it, then, then you start to step back a bit. Okay, maybe maybe, uh, maybe we shouldn't be so hard on Tyler Reddick for taking so long to get to victory lane or something when you see that. So uh, 92 starts it took for Tyler Reddick to get victory lane. But when you hear some of those names that never got to victory lane, then it uh, puts it in perspective. Puts it in perspective yeah. definitely. For sure. So, with that, uh, that's all for Ask David this week. Uh, but we appreciate you all uh, sending in your questions each week uh, on the email inbox. DavidStarPodcastGmail.com is where you can find us there. And a uh, big milestone this week, we reached uh, 400 subscribers on YouTube. And so what that means is that people are, every time we put out new clips, not just the full show, but just uh, segments of it, that people are being notified right away. And so we encourage you, if you're not already, subscribe to the show on YouTube, turn on those notifications as well. So you never miss a moment of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Dominic, you're working very hard each week, cutting up those clips and uh, getting stuff out there. Just a, a little plug for the YouTube page, by the way. It's not just our full show that's up there, but uh, highlight clips, whatever. If you can't catch the full show or want to see the best of, this is a great way to see what we're doing there. I, I think so, Tyler. We try to take the best two to four or five clips. We'll talk about it after the show. And, hey, what, what was the best or some of the highlights? And we try to do that for you guys. So it's an ease of access when you log on to YouTube. There it is. There's the thumbnail. There's the headline. There's what we talked about at that specific point in the show. And we have some great candid conversations on this podcast. And I feel like we get more and more guests and more and more comfortable. And it's just it's a great show. It's a great atmosphere. Our guests feel comfortable. We're comfortable with each other. And we hope you, the fan, are comfortable too. We want, we, we are hoping to put out the best content for you guys. And, and we love doing that every week on YouTube. It's a lot of fun. I, I have so much fun doing it, guys. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Before we go, uh, real quick around the room, uh, Dominic, what do you got going on this weekend? Man, I'll be here in New Mexico, but I'll be watching from afar and cheering you on, David. Hope you get a great finish this week with you and your team. But won't be in Atlanta this time around, but I'll be out at Pocono in a few weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. How about you, Tyler? Where's the summer of Jones or the hashtag <laughs> summer of Jones taking you this week? The summer of Jones, hashtag summer of Jones, uh, heads to my second home of uh, Kansas City this weekend. Uh, spent six years up there, and uh, that feels almost as much as home to me as Tulsa does. And so – Going to go up there, see my sister, and going to go see uh, Machine Gun Kelly uh, in concert. Have you heard of Machine Gun Kelly, David? <laughs> I have. <laughs> really? I'm shocked. I'm actually shocked at that. So, uh, yeah, it'll be good. Nice uh, couple days. And then uh, uh, I'll, uh, I worked the holiday, so I'm, I'm being repaid by that by having Friday off and a little three-day weekend. So Very nice. Uh, it'll be good. Nice uh, visit up there. David, uh, you're off to Atlanta. And I know you're excited about that to get that ticket smarter Ford Mustang back on track. Man, I'm excited. It's uh, you know being being sick uh, a couple of weeks ago and messing the the Nashville race. And uh, man, I'm just I'm looking forward to getting back in uh, my Ford Mustang, uh, my ticket smarter Ford Mustang, and working with my team. And looking forward to, to trying out the new configuration there at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Hope to bring our uh, ticket smarter uh, Ford Mustang with bring it home with a great finish. 
And I uh, want to thank Andy Lally. He jumped in our car with Brett Bear and Everfy. Uh, they had a 14-place finish this past weekend at Road America, which was awesome. Andy Lally is one of the best road racers in the country these days. And to He's have him – show before. Yeah, right? and to have Andy drive our, our uh, you know, our Brett Bear Ever five Ford Mustang this past weekend was awesome and uh, got involved in a wreck early on, but brought it back home with a great finish of 14th. That was incredible. And uh, man, looking forward to getting to Atlanta uh, uh, on Friday and, and uh, racing Saturday afternoon. It's going to be a great race, great weekend of racing at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And I'm, I'm excited to see all the race fans again. And you're locked in the field. Uh, awesome. So that's awesome. Uh, good news uh, on that front. Uh, we got to go. Uh, as always, subscribe to the show, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Hit the like button as well. We certainly would appreciate that. And uh, follow us on social media, uh, facebook.com slash David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, and by email, David Star Podcast. Dominic Argon, David Star, Tyler Jones, put the check the flag out on this episode, and we'll see you right back here next week. Here, I'm going to go right here. Come on, everybody.